the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. Hello, friends. We're glad you're tuning in, and we think you'll be glad you did, too. We're in the midst of replaying select shows from 2021 that Christy and I have carefully chosen to help us all better understand how our loving relationship with God sets the foundation for everything. Our sense of peace, our sense of purpose, our relationships with others, and our perceptions of the good that we can do. We hope you'll enjoy these special shows and that through them, you'll draw ever closer to God. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Over the last eight weeks, we've talked with courageous Christians about the change that Jesus wrought in their lives. And last week, Christy and I summed up the series talking about the things they had in common. We talked about how each had an important influence in their lives, how each endured difficult circumstances, and how each ultimately responded by seeking change in the love of Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about change change itself, and what we can learn from these courageous Christians as we strive to create change in our own lives. And here to talk with me about that today, in her official capacity as a transformational coach, is my genuinely courageous wingman, Christy Stratton. And I say genuinely courageous because at the beginning of the last show, we talked about how each of us has to stand in the truth and we got to get real. And it's at that time when we get real that we begin to change our lives. And Christy is just so genuinely courageous, not that she's without fear, but because she's honest and she'll stand in her fear and overcome it with the help of Jesus. And, uh, She has a saying, she says, I'm going to speak the truth even if it makes my legs shake. And she does that. Not legs, but voice. (laughs) But same difference. Whose show is this? (laughs) Apparently, You're changing my quotes. (laughs) I'm sorry. Let me get that right. And she'll speak the truth even if it makes her voice shake. And, okay, a couple minutes ago, I was walking in the radio station and I held the door 
for somebody, and they said that um, I would make a good doorman. So what I'm saying is if the whole airline pilot, colonel in the Marines, radio show host thing doesn't work out, (laughs) I've always got that. And so I'm sorry I misquoted you. but. (laughs) You're fine. Thank you very much. In any <laughs> event, I'm excited about this. I am too. Thank and you. It's before an honor. We be- Thank you. I'm sorry. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for things exactly as they are. Thank you for this day in all of its struggle and opportunity. We ask you to guide our conversation, to bless our listeners, and to create loving change in each of our lives according to your will, and may we embrace that change. And we ask that you help us walk out that change as we seek to serve you. May we all be more like Jesus each day as we pray in his mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm sorry I misquoted you. That's all right. Um, But I have to uh, get it right because you're here in your official capacity. (laughs) And we're really talking about change. We're talking about change. And truth be told, if you had one description for the Bible, would it not be that of change? We come to earth as spiritual beings in the flesh, and then we have the struggle on earth which refines us as spiritual beings in our hopes of going to heaven and serving God. So really, we're talking about change. Yeah, change is our heart. And change is hard. Yeah. And uh, in the last show, our moment of truth came from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which say, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And so there's a lot of entanglement and there's sin and the devil's good at his job and things are hard, but people are watching and they're counting on us. And so we have this amazing opportunity and still we have to overcome the things which entangle us. And what we heard from all of our courageous Christians was that they had to get real. So, through the untangling process, we build understanding and trust in God. If you didn't have the untangling process, would there be that understanding and trust? I don't believe there would be. So, from a transformational coaching standpoint, a lot of people come to you seeking change. Yes. And it's interesting, as as uh, we were talking about change, the thing that came up, is when they come to me as a coach, they're basically coming to me with something in their world, something in their life that's not working out as they they think it should be, right? And and so they they want to come, they 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 want to come, they want change, but they're afraid of change. Yeah, that's crazy how we <laughs> keep doing the same thing because it's more comfortable, it it's feels safe. Yeah, and in the last show, we talked about how in aviation, somebody will continue with a bad plan that doesn't end well, but they continued because it's easy to just keep doing what you're doing. Right. But that's a recipe for staying trapped. Right. And until you are, to the extent, so trapped that you can't stand it anymore, you'll stay stuck. And or you have a partner to walk out, to encourage you and to say, look... There's so much more available to you. 
I know this is hard. It's meant to be hard because that hard is also going to refine you. Here's the example, boot camp. Imagine if a regular kid from high school were just thrown into the Marine Corps. That wouldn't be very good. Imagine if you just took that kid from the high school lunchroom and threw him into Afghanistan. That wouldn't work out well, and that kid would be a liability for the people around him. So what do we do? We send him to boot camp, which is hard. Right. And it's refining, and it teaches him or her what it is to be a United States Marine. And then they serve, and not only do they serve and do better themselves, but the the group is better for them. So in our opportunity as Christians... Hey, embrace the hard, embrace the difficulty. Right. But it's hard to embrace that. Why? Unless we're just thrown into it because we're afraid. What are we afraid of? Oh, now that's a that's enough for several shows. <laughs> okay. What are some of the things we're afraid of? So when we if we just think about a person who's coming to a place in their life, things are not working out. How a relationship, a job, uh, yeah, anything a behavior. In your life. Something's not happening that they they have created in their head, or or they've seen themselves as this is how life should be. Maybe they've seen it on the media and they think life should be this way. It, you come to a point of basically saying, "I don't want life to be this way anymore." And what most of us will create in our mind, because our minds are very powerful, is some sort of perspective. And we will maybe see it as, I can't change. Um, uh, it's too hard to change. There may then be some sort of crisis that forces that. You were talking about boot camp. That kind of forces the change. But otherwise, if I didn't get that forced, it's a little bit safer to stay in here because I've now created uh, the story. I have a perspective that is harder to change than to stay where I am. Yeah, weird that we maintain that perspective even when it doesn't serve us all that well. So what I heard you saying, and I think this is a big deal because I know it from my professional life teaching uh, about aviation safety culture, there has to be a comparator. You have to know that there's an alternative because in the absence of an alternative, you don't know that you can change what is. Right. So step one is accept what is. Right. I am in this place, I am doing this thing, and I don't like what's happening. Right. Now, I've heard that there's something else. And so I could want to pursue that something else, but it's hard and I'm scared. And then something happens, which in the Marine Corps we call a forcing function. Something forces the change on you, unless... In some very rare instances, you just stepped in to change yourself because you're like, I'm over this. I don't want to live like this anymore. Right. I, I often say I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm but sick that, and tired of being sick and tired. Right. Yeah, exactly. I get that. And so you may come to that on your own. That's That can be more rare than the crisis or the forcing function. Say, for example, uh, a diagnosis of a health situation. You know, I can't keep going on this way anymore. I've got to make a change. So you've got a doctor in there saying that. Maybe you lose a loved one. Life is different. And so it forces you. But otherwise, we would kind of stay in our safe space. Yeah, you know, in the show with Pastor Aaron, and that show, I believe, aired on August 14th. Uh, that's a bit of a guess. If you can find that show, it's uh, folks, it's an amazing show. You're right. I looked. 
And thank you. August 14th. And uh, you can find that on CourageousChristianity.today, where they will all come up, or KKHT.com. And Pastor Aaron uh, and I uh, and Christy had an amazing conversation where we were talking about uh, adopting a dog from the pound. And these dogs are in their little cells. And they're going to die if they stay in that cell. And we talked about how we're like that. And God comes and selects us. And then if we were more like those dogs, we would just adore him and look at him and say, Master, what can we do to serve you? But sometimes we don't even do that where Jesus, uh, God chooses us. We come to him through Jesus. And then we do things and turn back to that cell because it's what we know. Right. And that's so sad that you turn away from eternal life and away from walking on this earth with Jesus and back toward these squalid circumstances with which you're not happy in the first place. And yet I still get that we do that. Yeah. It looks easier. Again, it's safer. And we're, we, we are afraid of change. And so one of the things I think we have to get to is what you were talking about is we have to get real. And so when we accept what is, then we can have a better um, view of the direction we can go in. So for me, I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't like myself very much. And I would think that I talked too much and I was just barely getting along in the world and I was barely paying the bills and I was working two and sometimes three jobs. And a lot of the time people were mad at me for things and it didn't make sense. And I decided I was done with that. And God worked on me, and he created an alternative and a picture of something different. And when I pursued that something different, it all changed. And we're going to talk about that some more when we come back in the second segment with Christy Stratton. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Christy Stratton about change, about what we learned from our courageous Christians and how each of them came to stand in the glare of the truth, deciding that they wanted something different and asking Jesus into their lives to help them to find that. And right before we went to the break, I was talking about a place that I used to live, which was uh, in shame, in failure. Uh, I was in debt, and uh, 
I was struggling in a difficult marriage, and my job was difficult, and after the bankruptcies of September 11th, I got a second job, and then third job, and uh, just this very painful place of failure, uh, or perceived failure on my part, the story I was telling myself. that shame story. That shame story. I likened it to something we've talked about a lot on the show, which is a man in a hole. And I talked myself into this hole, the perception of this hole, because I was using worldly values and the worldly values were telling me that I was failing. And that's what the world wants us to often think. So there's a man in a hole and he's uh, yelling for somebody to help him. And a doctor walks by and he says, help me. And the doctor writes a prescription and drops it in the hole and walks off. And this man is still deep in this hole. And he keeps yelling and a priest walks by and he says, father, help me. And the priest says a prayer and walks off. And then he decides he's going to get very real. And he sees another man walking by and he says, help me. And this man jumps into the hole and he says to the man, why'd you do that? Now we're both stuck in the hole. And the man says, yeah, but I've been in this hole and I know how to get out. And my point with that story is the last man who jumps into the hole is Jesus. And he came to earth as flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And the point was to lead us out of the hole to God, his father, to whom we are called. And we talk ourselves into the hole and we talk ourselves into that shame and that failure. And the world loves it because then we're in the cell and we're doing what they want us to do. But in Christ, we can be saved. Our thoughts become our reality. Yeah. Explain that a little more. So perception. And if you think about the the brain and the neuroscience of the brain, when we speak the words or think the words, we, we are kind of, it's like a a, a rumination, a replaying of this story. And the, I mean, just think about it. You watch a movie, you watch it over and over and over. What do you remember? Movie lines, right? They stay kind of stuck in your head and you can begin to start believing that truth. And so you're getting yourself more and more and more into that shame pit, right? And and then we we can't really see the light. We believe the story we've created in our mind. Yeah, and the devil is so good in shaming us and keeping us trapped and giving us the idea that everybody around us is living a better life. And uh, when I was having a lot of trouble with debt, I uh, got a call from a credit collection thing. I think it was about a doctor bill. And, you know, being the guy I am, I start talking to the person and uh, she starts telling me about how she's in debt. So the credit collection person was in debt (laughs) calling me to pay this doctor bill that I didn't even know about. And then I paid the bill. And my point in that is, friends, the devil's good at his job. And we are put in this place where we believe that we're so bad. And then uh, it's like Pastor Brian Runge said, one of our courageous Christians in the show, when he was (laughs) asked as a little kid by his pastor, if he died today, uh, would he get into heaven? And this little kid looks at his pastor and says, well, I'm no worse than anyone else. (laughs) Well, and we probably could take that at any age, right? Yeah. And that's a brilliant thing because um, this world is designed to put you in a cell. And that's why Jesus came to give you abundant life, freedom. And I think what I would want the listeners to hear is if they're in that shame pit, um, 
uh, know that that's fueling their fear and that there is a way out, as we're talking about with Jesus Christ, that we are so loved. And as, um, uh, again, Pastor Brian said when he was older, understand that God has placed you where you are, and that's the job uh, he wants for you today. And, uh, and to know what I think a lot of people are missing, that we are this child of God, and he loves us. And when we may have this story replaying in our head, but there's another story that we can hear. And we, we heard that through all of our courageous Christians. And, and it takes a moment of stepping out of that shame. It takes a moment of risk. And that's why they're courageous, because they've risked. They said no more to the world. And I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what I'm hearing this story now, and I'm going to what? live it out. And Pastor Aaron says, I love my story and I love living it out. And there's so much truth in that. And there's so much truth in an observation that you made that what kept most of our courageous Christians trapped was actually the thing that would lead them to freedom. For example, after a breakup as a young kid, David Savage swore that he would never be vulnerable again. Right. And his definition of courageous Christianity is to stand in the vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah. And you, I, I'm a very similar story because you want to know the thing that I dislike most about myself. What? I talk too much. Well, I'm glad you do. You have a radio show. Well, <laughs> I promise you, I used to wake up in the morning and say to right. myself, I am not going to talk today. Right. And yet I love connecting with people and I love just going past people and caring about them. And I, I don't care if you're the janitor or the guy at the grocery store, or the guy in a toll booth. I've had a five minute conversation with a guy in a toll booth on a New Jersey turnpike at four in the morning because the dude looked bored. And I've seen it. And you make a difference in their lives. You make them smile. And I got a radio show. So guess what? You have to talk. So, friends, what I want to tell you is that God is amazing. And he will take the things about ourselves that are our prison, that are our embarrassment, that are our shame, that are our fear, and he will make them our sword and our shield and our opportunity to serve him. And so you can't lament the things about yourself that you don't like because they might be the very things that lead you into unique service to God on this they, battlefield. They could be until you challenge them. And so we do operate from false beliefs, which that's the story I'm talking about. That shame that is telling us we're not worthy, we're not good enough. And so we're afraid to change. It's safer inside this hole because we feel protected, right? But when we have someone, Jesus, who comes alongside us, we can be courageous. We can step into that fear. We can lean into Jesus, and we can realize and we can look and challenge those false beliefs. That's just the devil. That's just something being said in our head. Now, there may be some things that are true, and we need to stand, as you say, in the glare of the truth to be able to make that change. Maybe you drink too much. Maybe you got a porn addiction. Maybe you're cheating. Right. Um, and it's may, all right in the Bible. Maybe you're a liar. Right. Yeah, stop it. 
Yeah. <laughs> now that person wasn't an art uh, courageous Christians. That's yeah, Bob Newhart. Yeah, Bob Newhart thing where he said that for five dollars he would cure anybody's problem, and that they had five minutes or something, and the whole show was just a person saying to him, "Well, I do this," and then his cure was stop it. It's hilarious if you've never seen it before. But to folks. some extent, it's true. Uh, yeah. If you drink too much, it stop it. Well, it's right. It's in the Bible. Okay, so. Here's what hurts is we get lied to, we get told these stories and we trust ourselves. Yeah. And you see a lot of people who are stuck in these circumstances, but the voice they listen to most is their own voice. And so one of the ways to get outside of your own voice, to hear an objective truth is to read the Bible because the devil can whisper all he wants, and then you believe him. And now that's the story you tell yourself. But then you read in the Bible that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and that we're all sinners, and that everybody around you isn't awesome and perfect. Most people are in credit card debt. Most people are in sin. And yet we are loved, and it's the opportunity in front of us that matters the most if we step into that. So, number one, read your Bible and hear what the real story is all about. Right. And I think learning from our courageous Christians, too, they had someone who spoke into their lives, not only as a young adult, but even throughout their lives, who influenced them. And I think that's, you're reading your Bible, but you've got to be in some sort of group with brothers and sisters in Christ, because those are, those are the people you're surrounding uh, yourself with. And you want them speaking into your life, being that objective voice. Yeah, there's a reason why people judge you by the company you keep and that it's the best indication of who you're going to become. So you need to surround yourself with believers and then that's who you will become. But Pastor Aaron made an important point when he was dealing drugs and when he was on the streets, he surrounded himself with people who kept him in that place. And by the way, here's something I've learned People want you to stay in that place because if you get out of that place, it makes them look bad because then everybody says, why are you still in that place? So our society is not going to congratulate you when you climb out of the hole with the help of Jesus and make yourself into something that he wants you to be with his help. Our society is going to scorn you. It's going to tell you that you're bad and you're all these things. And the reason is because they're still in the hole and you're making them look bad. That sounds like the crabs in the bucket story. (laughs) You knew I was going there. (laughs) I knew. And you're absolutely right. It is the crabs in the bucket story. And so we have to make friends with the truth of the Bible and we have to make enemies of the world. And we talked about that in the series before. In a long series where... You really got to get comfortable in the idea that the more I'm like Jesus, the less the world is going to like me because, by the way, it hated him and it crucified him. And so the more I look like him, the less the world will like me. And people don't love you just because you accept Christ and you're trying to shine truth into their lives. But they're like, hey, you're making me look bad. I don't want to hear it. You're kind of weird. And I'm done. In which case I say, yay, thank you. I'm going to move on and I'm going to surround myself with people and circumstances that help me to be the person that Jesus wants me to be. Stay with us, folks. We're going to talk more about change in Christ when we come back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. 
Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Christy Stratton about change. We said the whole Bible is about change and guiding us out of the world and into a loving relationship with Jesus so that we can serve God and join him for eternity in heaven. But change is hard. And a couple of things come to my mind. For example, there is nothing that the world tells you that is not 180 degrees out from God. Right. The world tells you, you deserve to be comfortable. And the reason why the world tells you that is so that you will avoid things that are hard. Because it's hard to break out of the prison cell that this world creates for us. There's a French poet who said, man is born free, yet is everywhere in chains. Those chains are of the world's making. When we listen to the world, our making. And yet, Jesus said, in him we will have life and have it abundantly. So, the world wants us to be comfortable, but we actually have to seek what's hard. We're all sinners. 
We all need Jesus to help us change, to help us out of this pit, to help us out of this cell. And we have to embrace hard. Does that? Easier said than done, right? Yeah. And I guess I think about it this way as our human self, um, that we cling to the easy, which could very well be sin. We perceive stepping into uh, all that Christ has put us on this earth to be as a really difficult thing, and that's going to not be fun and all of that. But when, in fact, we step into and we lean into and we build that, re- that relationship with Jesus first, everything else actually becomes better and easier. But the world has told us a different story. Easier or simpler? Mm, good difference. Very yeah. important distinction. Because uh, our world is easy and very complex because we live in dissonance between what God wants for us and what the world wants for us. That makes it complicated. But it's easy to stay in that place because we're comfortable with it. If, on the other hand, we seek out what's hard, i.e. breaking out of that cell, breaking the chains, getting out of the world, then things become less complex, they become simpler because we just do the next right thing that God says is right. Yeah, I want to go back to the crabs in the bucket story. We might we mentioned that earlier and I love talking about that and it really is a true phenomenon where you have crabs in a bucket. It is. I mean, guys, go look it up. You'll find this story. You put the crabs in the bucket and one tries to crawl out. What they'll naturally by instinct do is try to pull the crabs back in. But in fact, If they stair-stepped on each other, they would all be able to crawl out. But if you take that to the secular world, say, for example, you see someone who begins to change his or her life for Christ, and you were, Richard, you were referencing earlier, that makes the other person look bad. We start kind of like, oh, you're, you're not good. We try to make it harder for them. And so we sit in this place of dissonance. Well, wow. And so I get into this comparison game. Well, you know, should I be living my life like this for Christ or should I be back here with this person to make them happy? And when we get into that comparison game, it can be a huge struggle until like we talk about, we have that sort of forcing function that makes us like no more done with this. I'm going to move forward. We lean into our relationship with Christ. We build that first and then everything. um, I don't know if it goes, it may feel easier. Maybe it's not as simple. I don't know what the difference would be there. Yeah, it's a big deal. This morning in my quiet time, I was reading John chapter 16 and 17, and Jesus is speaking to the apostles, and he's talking a lot about the world, people in the world, the scorn of the world, and the people who accept the word of God, and by accepting Jesus, we accept the word of God, and how He actually says in one place, I pray for these people who accept the truth of God. I do not pray for the world. Mm. And so that's where all the opportunity is. And don't expect the world to like it. I think to go back to one of our courageous Christians, Jacob, he said, I gained my life when I gave it away. And I don't think that human secular mindset that may be in that hole sees that 
wait, what? I'm going to gain my life when I give it away? Yeah, it's going to get harder, but it's going to get simpler. And it will be easier to put one foot in front of the other as you distance yourself from these bad influences. So we talked in a show a while back about uh, one of the first tasks of a counterinsurgent is to separate the good people from the insurgents. And Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, and also I think Luke chapter 12, verse 51, that he came to separate, he came to divide. And yet we're afraid of this division taking place in our own lives. We're afraid of our friends not liking us. Right. And Richard talks too much about Jesus and he talks too much about uh, spiritual warfare and the kingdom of God. Okay, well, don't hang out with me. I know, right? And by the way, my life is going to be a lot easier because now I'm not going to have to have all these naysayers around me. Right. And so being more of what Jesus wants you to be actually simplifies your life. And the people who are going to make your life harder, the crabs in the bucket who are going to try and pull you back into the bucket are going to uh, kind of blow you off. Yeah. And guess what? Now your life just got easier. Thanks for letting go of my foot. Now I can climb out of this bucket. Well, I think one of the things in coaching we often ask people is how will you know you've made this change? How will you know you've achieved this change, right? And we're talking about um, life getting simpler. When you look at your life and the outcome is the fruits of the Spirit, then you know you've made that change. And you will realize, like Jacob said, he gained his life when he gave it away. Yeah, so amazing. What you're saying was a big deal in Iraq and Afghanistan, advising the Iraqis and the Afghan border police. The question we always asked was, what will be the metrics and indications and conditions that they are ready to stand on their own, the security forces? Mm, And a lot of people forget to ask that question. How will I know when my work is done? And how will I know when I've arrived? How will I know when I'm successful? And if you don't set those conditions early, then you end up as the guy trying to make more and more money because you still don't feel like you're there. And so you make a brilliant point when you say, when I am living in peace, when the fruits of the Spirit come to me, patience, love, uh, joy, long-suffering, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, the, the things about love actually come to us and come from us. Like Pastor Aaron said, when his heart just broke for the guy who was living in darkness, right. then uh, we realize we've changed. Yeah. I think too, I, I've probably said it on the show before, but when I'm teaching or out with people and I may have not shared my faith in this teaching, in this program, People that come up afterwards and they're like, are you a Christian? I think that's one of the best compliments I could get, that they could see that in me. Yeah. And uh, what's very interesting is um, those who want to know more will ask the question and they'll say things like that. I guess I'd have to say this too. There's also people in my life there would say, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah. You changed so much. So they see the difference. So you know you've changed. Well, you know, we talked about that in the first segment when we talked about needing a comparator. Right. So as people living in a cell of the world's creation, of the devil's creation, trapped in this pit, 
We need to know that there's an alternative in order to then pursue that alternative. And if we read the Bible, we'll learn that there's an alternative. Right. Now, keep in mind the reverse is not so great for the people who are trapped because we become the comparator. Mm-hmm. We yeah. become an alternative that they don't want to embrace. Exactly. They don't want the accountability of faith. They don't want to be told what they have to do. They want, don't want to be told these things. And so we become a mirror into which they don't want to look. Yes. And then big shock. They blame us. Mm-hmm. They accuse us. We're treated with scorn. And John chapter 16 and 17, my takeaway from that was embrace the scorn. Yeah. Because it means you're doing the right stuff. You're doing the right job. You're being the right person. If the world likes you, you're doing something wrong. Right. If the world scorns you, they scorn Jesus. Yay. Happy me. I'm on my way. And just like Pastor Aaron said, live it out. I love my story and I love living it out. Friends, just to remind you, uh, starting August 7th, we had a Courageous Christian series and we had lots of guests on the show over the uh, seven weeks and amazing stories of faith and leaving the world, struggling free of its grip and led by friends and uh, Jesus to this place where they now stand sure-footed in the love of Christ and able to reflect his light onto those living in darkness. And you can listen to those stories at CourageousChristianity.today or uh, KKHT.com or whatever podcast app you like. And what you will hear is that we all have a journey. Rarely is it straight. God calls us. Sometimes he has to call us twice, sometimes maybe even three times. But eventually when we stand in his truth, we're happier and we're more productive. Stay with us. We'll talk about that when we come back. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. I counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. And I'm talking with Christy Stratton, not as my wingman specifically, but in her capacity as a transformational coach. And we're talking about change because we did this amazing series of Courageous Christians where for seven weeks some really incredible people told us about their journey in Christ. And in the last show we said what they had in common and how what we could learn from their stories. And today we're talking about the next step. 
which is to apply what we learned from their stories. Because if you don't apply it, if you don't use it to generate change in your own life, as you seek to be more and more the person Jesus wants you to be, and you have the potential to be, then it's for naught. Uh, It was just a show you listened to. It, it, It must make a difference. Change is about a difference. I see sometimes out there on walls and memes, and it says, knowledge is powerful. And I say, knowledge is only powerful when it's applied. Otherwise, it's just head knowledge. Yeah, and so uh, change is a difference. And we've said uh, in the earlier segments that you have to know that there's a different way to live, and then you have to pursue that different way. And we've said that the world is very good at keeping you trapped, and it doesn't want you to pursue that different way because then you make it look bad. And so if you apply that to faith, these courageous Christians show you that there is a different way. There is a comparative. There is an alternative. An abundant life. An abundant life. Not this life of, I'm in debt. I got credit card debt. I got to pay this next bill. The credit card companies create this trap where in order to have good credit, I've got to be in debt. And who invented that nutty thing? And then we're all (laughs) stuck in there. And so you have to say, there is a different way. Then you have to say, I want that different way. Then you have to say, Jesus, please help me because I can't do it on my own. And when you ask him into the hole that we talked about in an earlier segment, the hole in which you're trapped, when you ask him in, he can then lead you out. Yeah. And all of those last things we're talking about are about motion or about difference or about change. Action. Action. And so ultimately, I can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. So if you seek it, when you ask Jesus into your life and you say, Lord, I am tired of things as they are, and I know in you they will be different And I know it won't just be a change for change's sake. It will be a change in the direction of loving eternity with God. I want nothing to do with this world anymore. I want truth in my life. I want you in my life. And then you open the Bible. And I always love to start at John chapter 1, where we really understand what Jesus was all about, that he came to this earth and became flesh. And those who accept him have the right to become children of God. And so we step in that direction. And then the very next important thing, as we heard from so many of our courageous Christians, is you've got to have an influence. You've got to have a person. Before we go to that, I want to speak to action. And oftentimes in procrastination, we don't realize that when we're procrastinating on something, it's actually rooted in fear. And so even by asking yourself, what am I afraid of? You tend to get an answer. But the thing I want listeners to hear is what uh, um, Jacob Thompson talked about is, and we, we heard in the previous episodes, you better get on with it, right? And he talked about, I think it was Psalm ninety twelve. his life is a vapor. So it's it's going very quickly. And so if there's any question about staying stuck in that hole, now that you know about Jesus, 
The time is now. So you better get on with it. Don't tarry, right? And then how do you do that with Jesus hand in hand walking with you, the people that you're talking about, surrounding yourself with others, those influencers? Yeah, you have to. uh, All of our courageous Christians had somebody who helped guide them. Pastor Brian Runge had a fraternity friend with whom he formed a Bible study. Pastor Aaron had his uh, wife, who was such an amazing influence in his life. Um, We've heard that some had parents, some had grandparents. Uh, Whatever the case, seek out somebody who is further along in faith than you. Or even be watching or listening, because as I think back, I call them mustard seeds, but there were two people that were a little bit further along in their faith than I was then. Right. And I look back at them as kind of the ones that kind of put the word into that planted. On that planted that into, you know, maybe it was becoming fertile soil. And here I am today. Friends, that is Christy telling you the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion because it's terribly important that we not make up the rules as we go along. It's important that we look to the word of God as our first refuge. It's always relevant and it never fails. And if God tells you something, it's the eternal truth. And our moment of truth today comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Friends, what we've learned from our courageous Christians over the last eight weeks is this. If you're wondering about the steps to take to strengthen your relationship with Jesus and to begin walking your unique journey in earnest, The first step is to stand in the glare of the truth and repent with tears. Get real. Confront your shame. It's the world making you feel shame. There is freedom when you just say, I do this, I feel this, I must stop. Confront whatever is keeping you in chains. If it's a bad relationship, confront it, end it, move on. Know that there is nothing you have done which Jesus does not already know. Confess your fears to him. Confess your shame. And know with certainty that he will restore you with robes of white. True freedom in the love of Jesus Christ starts there. For he has said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Step two is to pray. It's not fancy. In plain words, in every situation, in Jesus' name, Ask God for help in everything you do, for he has said, come to me. Step three is to clutch your Bible to your chest. Keep it close to you at all times. Read it as much as you can. Know that God loves you. He will teach you and give you peace from your struggles, for he has said, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Step four is to find a place to serve. Once very early on in my Christian journey, I had just got back from Afghanistan and I was in a very bad place and I was very much consumed with myself. And God said to me in plain English, concern yourself with the needs of others and your needs will be met. And it was true. So find a place to serve. 
Pastor Aaron served at a truck stop, and that led him to a church where he was able to get more involved. If you're searching for a church, look for a non-denominational church and go every week. Volunteer, break bread with other sinners who are seeking Christ. Walk with others on their journey to Jesus. Don't go to church to pretend or to look pretty and to say churchy things. Go seeking partners in change as you pursue your unique opportunity in Jesus Christ. Step five, remember, if you want change, change. Something Christy would love? (laughs) If you want something different, do something different. Turn off the TV. Put down your phone. If you drink too much, stop. If you're too busy, stop. If you hang out with people who hold you back, stop. Don't worry about what they say. Crabs in a bucket. Tomorrow they will be the same and you will be changing in the right direction toward Jesus and peace. And know that with each change you make for Jesus, you will be on your way to the freedom and peace which only he can provide. Step six, take action. Take action as a means of change and for the good that you can do. And let me repeat that. As a means of change, take action. Action begets action. When you take action, God can guide you to your unique place in his kingdom. If you're on the sofa, he can't guide you anywhere. But once you're in motion, he can point you in the right direction and he can put people in your path who will help you. And it's important that you do it now. Do not tarry. Get about your father's business. You better get on with it. You better get on with it. (laughs) Your faith is not just about you. It's about the good that you can do in service to Jesus Christ. And step seven, while still in the process and without waiting to change or to become perfect, talk to people about what Jesus is doing in your life. So step one, stand in the glare of the truth and repent with tears. Step two, pray. Step three, Take your Bible with you everywhere and read it. Step four, serve others and join a church or get more involved in the church you have. Step five, turn away from the old you and toward the you that God has called you to be. Step six, take faith-based action, not according to your definitions, because all you know is the captivity of this world. Take faith-based action according to the truth of God. And step seven, talk about your faith. And that's my definition of courageous Christianity. Christy, thank you so much for sharing your testimony, elements of your journey, and your expertise with us as we try to generate change in our own lives that lead us toward Christ. Uh, You're welcome, and thank you. It's an absolute gift. I couldn't imagine doing anything but. Thank you. Friends, Thank you for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT The Word at KKHT.com or on CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.